0: Nice, smooth start to the show this afternoon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Clear the Dance Floor here on Radio Free Brooklyn with me, your host, Colby Smith. And my guest today is oh, Sorry, I, I, I blew it <laughs> to do it again. Okay, okay. My guest today is Maddie Whittle. Perfect. (laughs) She is the assistant programmer at Film at Lincoln Center, where she often hosts the discussions with filmmakers before and after a screening. And she's also written for Film Comment Magazine. And the series of Todd Browning films she helped program at Lincoln Center opens this Friday, March 17th. Maddie Whittle, welcome back to Radio Free Brooklyn.
1: Thank you so much, Colby. It's really great to be back. Is
0: everything sounding good? Are your headphones good?
1: sounds good to me. Do, do, do I sound good? Do I sound okay? You
0: sound great. Okay, sound, I'm just making sure.
1: Yes, yes. Everything
0: is good. <laughs> well, I mean, you're here to talk about the Oscars. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of enthusiasm for the Oscars this year. I, do, do you agree? Have you been hearing people jumping for joy when the Oscars come
1: up? You know, I I... I <laughs> I it's I wouldn't I don't know if I would say jumping for joy but I don't know if I would ever say that about the Oscars but I do think that you're right that there's sort of a, a an enthusiasm this year that I haven't seen in a few years
0: yeah I I wonder if that's just because of Top Gun. <laughs> Tom Cruise did save the movies. He saved the movies. Uh, Steven Spielberg told him.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when (laughs) Spielberg tells you, then that's for real. Yeah,
0: that's who knows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: But yeah, I think Top Gun is a big part of it. I think um, Everything Everywhere All at Once has really shaken things up, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think um, having another Avatar movie in theaters really warmed my heart. And I, I think it's, you know... I think we need a little James Cameron at the Oscars every decade or so. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, I want to get into all the movies we just talked about. But before we do, I want to talk about your work in particular. So now you have co-programmed a series of Todd Browning movies at Film and Linger Center that, like I said, opens on Friday. That's right. Tell us a little bit about this, because I I would let me just back up here. The programming at the movie theaters in New York is second to none. If you ask me, I feel like what you guys do, what the Roxy does, what like Film Forum and Metrograph and this, the whole stable of like rep cinemas is like I I always like get it. it I think I, like, know something (laughs) about movies. And then something like this comes down the pike where it's just like, I didn't know this about this person. I didn't know this person existed and worked on all these different movies. What, from the very beginning, I guess, of this particular series, what, where did the idea come from? Was it something you pitched and, and, uh, or that you got placed on. Just, just go from the ground up on this.
1: Well, first things first, I have to give uh, the lion's share of the credit to mm-hmm. my colleague, uh, programmer Tyler Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the series was really his brainchild. Um, he, as a fan of Browning, recognized that there had not been this kind of survey of his work in the city in mm-hmm. a very long time um, and uh, just felt that you know this was a... Uh, a really fascinating figure from film history, uh, who is worth sort of excavating and bringing back to people's attention. Um, and, uh, it is, uh, so it was really his, uh, his program, his programmatic baby, I would say. Uh-huh. And I, uh, was lucky enough to be, uh, to be assigned to the program and as a, as a, also a fan of Browning, uh, and of, you know, horror and sort of Mm horror-adjacent genres uh, generally. Um, And uh, so I I joined the process of sourcing uh, prints. Um, Many of the films that we're showing will be shown on 35mm prints, which is Mm -hmm. very exciting uh, and not to be taken for granted. Um, They've been sourced from archives all over the place, domestic, abroad, Um, And so take your chance to see them because it's uh, a special thing to have them here in New York.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so just kind of like start talking about the timeline a little bit of, of like from when this gets, you know, approved by the higher ups to, you know, this Friday, whenever people can see them for the first time. I mean, like the process of sourcing prints, I imagine, takes the lion's share of the work.
1: Yeah, I would say, I would say the research and sourcing process mm-hmm. is, um, sort of the, the first big hurdle. Gotcha. Um, and Tyler, uh, began laying the groundwork for this series back in the fall. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think just prior to the holidays, it was sort of locked in on the schedule. And so, uh, he could begin, uh, doing outreach to, yeah. to, find out about the availability of these prints because you know if there's just one print of something it may or may not be available when you want to show it Mm -hmm. um and or it may or may not be in condition to be shown right
0: because essentially they're getting that that one print would be getting shared around the country with whoever (laughs) just whoever's next in line right yeah
1: exactly (laughs) yeah exactly or it may not have been exhibited in a very long time so its owners might not know what condition it's in Mm -hmm. you know so it could be any number of things and so uh, there is, uh, for any show of this magnitude that is primarily prints um, sourcing, just you have to build in that time for mm-hmm. that process. Um, and, uh, so then, you know, over the course of the winter, uh, we continued to, uh, research the films so that we could write program notes and prepare to, um, really present these films within context. Right. Uh, and, um, we worked on partnering with a live accompanist who's going to be playing, uh, performing at screenings of all of the silent films in the lineup. And there are quite a few. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's very exciting. It's, it's, uh, been, been a lot of fun to pull together and to be part of. And, um, I'm, I think there's a lot of enthusiasm among the rep cinema Mm -hmm. crowd, um, for the fact that, uh, these were showing these prints that it's going to be possible to see these prints that are hard to see.
0: I feel like there has been over the last year or so a lot of renewed interest in the films of the 1920s. I mean, maybe it's just because we are, you know, now 100 years down the line. And and that was the, you know, the birth of cinema. And now we're we're, Everyone's talking about the death of cinema. You know, maybe there is some kind of like a full circle aspect to it. But I mean, last year, uh, MoMA showed a bunch of like Lost Fox, uh, um, like pre-code movies. I saw one of them. I think it was called... The Wild Party or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and so there is, like, I, it's cool to see and to live in a place where there is this kind of concerted effort to, like, to bring these to light rather than to see them, uh, you know, just kind of, like, go the way of so many things just because it is crazy. I feel like But when I heard about the Hayes Code, I just thought, well, I mean, how how big a deal could this have been, really? I mean, this is 100 years ago. But it's really a, a marked difference. Yeah,
1: when you start to look at the, the films before, it, mm-hmm. it, it's a totally different... Flavor and character to the film. Yeah, yeah,
0: crazy. and, and uh, yeah. Go ahead, yeah.
1: Well, in this year we had Babylon, Damien Chazelle's new film, which oh, yes. uh, was very firmly set in this sort of very decadent pre-code vibe Mm -hmm. um is the the way in which he he envisions hollywood is uh you know he takes artistic liberties which has been a big point of conversation around that (laughs) film uh but regardless uh there's just this sort of joyful excitement around this moment in cinema history in that movie that i found uh very, you know, delightful. Yeah. Well,
0: what did you think of Babylon overall? Maybe this this will be the the most controversial uh, <laughs> uh, way into <laughs> into the award season here this year, because uh, this was a divisive movie it's maybe uh, appropriate to say
1: yes definitely and uh i i think i'm on the record uh on, on social media mm-hmm. as being a fan i nice. i had a good time with I it i love that i <laughs> uh, i fell firmly on the pro babylon side of that debate right on. um i uh saw it over the holidays um and uh so it was later you know it had already been uh in the process of being talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was already uh, already controversial by the time I saw it. <laughs> yes. um, and so I was not convinced that I was going to like it going in. I am not, um, historically have not been the uh, most gung-ho fan of Damien Chazelle's <laughs> film. <laughs> sure. um, I like things about them, but uh, they hadn't previously really won me over all that. Yeah, yeah. Strongly. Um, but I had a fantastic time with wow. I It felt much shorter than it is. You know, it's quite a long movie. It but, is
0: definitely. It's a long one.
1: Uh, yeah. But I, uh, I just something about his sort of just really balls to the wall nerding out in that mm-hmm. movie. Uh, I found very charming in yeah. a way that I his other movies felt a little bit more restrained or a little bit more. I don't know, uh, calculated for sure. And this movie was just sort of just throwing it all up on the wall. Yeah. I
0: think re- the restrained is a really good word for, for especially when you think about like La La Land in comparison to this, yeah. you know, the, the big dance numbers are not jaw dropping in the way that like, you know, like the, the opening party scene in Babylon is very like, I mean, it's, it's, I saw this and Elvis very close to each other. Oh, it's like God. there is, there's kind of a, like a, Cosmic link totally. between the sensibilities of those two movies. I feel
1: totally. Babylon feels very influenced by the Baz Luhrmann yeah. aesthetic. Yeah, um, and like, see, I, 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 as a big Baz Luhrmann fan, I that's probably part of what endeared me to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I really, I think Elvis is his best movie. I really liked it.
1: I loved Elvis. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I saw it. When it was in theaters. I went by myself mm-hmm. to see it. Uh, I had heard things about it. I had heard, you know, some some negative reactions to it, but yeah. I went, no, as about as a Buzz Lerman fan, and I was just bowled over. I was just by. I walked out of that theater just buzzing. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. so just, I don't know, just really um, revved up from yeah. seeing that movie.
0: I mean, talk about a long movie that does not feel mm-hmm. its length. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like. Well, I, I watched it over the holidays with like a, uh, with like family and I was like, this thing moves. Yeah. Everybody was enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just fun and like just sincere. Mm-hmm. And, and I. Would be so thrilled if Austin Butler won the Oscar totally. to, to make it about awards. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I that is a star making performance. If I've ever seen I thought one. it was so good. Yeah. And I
0: really I mean, it, it cannot be understated how difficult it must be to play Elvis in a serious way now, you know, because know. the only way he's shown up, he's been represented at all. has been like as a complete caricature for I mean, probably since. 1962 or something, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I mean, especially now, as as people like to say, in the post walk hard world, oh, like yes. if you try to do a biopic of Elvis, it would either be a caricature or a melodramatic, um, you know, a uh, 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 sort of leaning into the pathos in mm-hmm. a way that was just clearly uh, sort of cynical. Yeah. And instead, Baz Lerman just took the story and just. Did something really beautiful with it. Yeah, I, I, I it's hard to even uh, articulate the difference. But. I know.
0: I know. Well, I mean, since we're talking about this, I gotta ask you point blank: What do you think of Tom Hanks?
1: Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, strange, strange choices all around yeah. uh, in that character, and yet really compelling as a character. Oh, yeah. Like. I mean. I, I, as as a, as a villain, he is in large part like the engine that makes the movie run. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And uh, and so I just like I was cringing through a lot of it, but then by the end, I was just completely convinced. You yeah, know?
0: I feel like if you were a kid and you like didn't know who Tom Hanks was, and you just like watched this movie with like your mom or whatever, you'd be like, oh yeah, like that's fine. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? <laughs> like, right. It's only because we know. What Tom Hanks represents. Right. And we know
1: what he actually talks like and what he actually (laughs) looks like. And yeah.
0: I laughed so hard in the scene where they're doing the 68 special and he wants him to do a Christmas song. And he just keeps running around being like, I promise, here comes Santa Claus is next. (laughs)
1: It's just like he. I, I think Tom Hanks has a great grasp on exactly sort of what the comedic value of yes. that character should be. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I have to give him a lot of credit for that. Absolutely, it's really funny.
0: Oh yeah. Um. One more thing about Baz Luhrmann. Um. For Valentine's Day, Metrograph did a uh, Romeo plus Juliet. Oh, uh, oh And man. I we went to see it, watched it maybe since the the first time since like a freshman year of high school or something. So fun.
1: I don't think I've seen that since high school. Oh, yeah. I
0: I mean, if you ever do, you'll be pleasantly surprised (sighs) at how much fun it is.
1: I should really (laughs) go back and rewatch that. I, it's been a long time. Yeah. I, uh, cause I, I, Remember sort of being allergic to it when I saw it in high school for similar, for the same reason that I was allergic to Titanic as a teen. Oh, yeah, it Which was just totally. that I thought Leonardo DiCaprio was a bad
0: actor. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, And now in the intervening years, I have come full circle on Titanic and I yeah. love it so much. And we went to see that on Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, which was spectacular. We saw it in 3D. It is I highly recommend the 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 3D restoration. We had a blast. Yeah. Uh. But so yeah. So I there's a very good chance that I will have come all the way around on Romeo plus Juliet. One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean,
0: I feel like I almost liked it. I mean, I didn't have context for Baz Luhrmann when I was fourteen. Like yeah. knowing what he's about now, I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Like why well, the crowd also. I'll just say one more thing about it. Could not decide whether we were laughing at it or laughing with it. Like there mm-hmm. were there were some altercations. <laughs> Like, there was, I was sitting next to this, like, these, like, two friends who had seen her were kind of just, like, chuckling at every, at every like, big emotional moment. And this guy sitting in front of them, like, just turned around and was like, hey, cut it out. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> Things getting dicey here.
0: Yeah. Still divisive, however many years later. <laughs> wow.
1: Wow. I love that there's so much passion there. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, back to... Back to the cinema of the current day. Yes. We were talking about Babylon. Mm -hmm. I want to stick with Babylon for a second. Okay. Because uh, I will, I'll go on the record and I'll say the, I think the sense of humor I didn't quite connect to about it. uh, Like from the very first, uh, I mean, it's a shot that's heard around the world now is the, uh, the elephant uh, pooping scene. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) there, there was, there was that. Yeah. There was that. But I do think uh, that there was a stretch. Uh, like the the transition to sound uh sequence i guess of mm-hmm. like of that movie was i think very like uh interesting i think the like the, the the hearts in the right place uh kind of thing and it does kind of like bring that home in terms of, like what a seismic shift it was for like the people involved uh and so i don't know i just connected to, to, connecting to this to what we were talking about earlier it's like there is this interest now in that period so it only makes sense that this would get Represented on the big screen,
1: yeah. I think I think it's like um, I don't know if it's maybe a renewed interest in the uh, sort of in in recent uh, years, uh, just an interest in sort of the working experience yeah. of the people who were on the ground producing these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, that's that was one of my favorite parts of Babylon was just that it actually spent time on these sets yeah. uh, and and sort of. Had fun with the dramatic potential of a transformation like this, Mm -hmm. you know, of an industry that's just like trying to find its feet in with a completely new way of doing things. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I I thought it, I thought it captured that well.
0: Totally. I feel like since we're talking about the interest in this, I feel like this was kind of kicked, maybe not kicked off, but it was uh, it brought to the fore with Mank. Yes. A couple years ago, yes, definitely. Uh, that since then, I feel like we've reliably gotten some some golden age of Hollywood content yeah. uh, as yeah. the years have gone on.
1: It's uh, yeah, maybe it is the centennial thing. It, maybe it's just it's time.
0: Yeah, could be. Yeah. Do you have any best picture? Well, I you, but let's broaden it from best picture in general. Are there people you really want to see win tonight that you're like invested in? Maybe from a gambling perspective.
1: Yeah, right? well, I, I was just going to say I need to call up my, my picks because I um, my office uh, usually has a, an Oscars pool. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I've officially made my predictions. I put in my $2.00. Um, if any of my coworkers are listening to this, they are welcome to steal my choices, <laughs> but they should know that I almost never win these things. So it's, they're probably not
0: good. Right, prediction. right. <laughs>
1: um, but uh, yeah, let's see. Um,
0: While you pull those up, I should say, if they are listening, they can call in. Let me get the number up here at 718-673-8201. If they or anyone else would like to weigh in on the Oscar race, 718-673-8201 exciting. Please call. <laughs> In the meantime,
1: I uh t- the first answer that jumps to mind is that I would be delighted if Austin Butler
0: won. Oh, yes. Um, absolutely. I,
1: I mean, I would also be very happy for Brendan Fraser and happy for Colin Farrell because mm. I love both of them and they both yeah. give incredible performances this year. Totally. Um, but I I I just was so taken with Austin Butler yeah. in Elvis. I I hadn't really seen him in anything else besides Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, prior. Same here. Um, and I was just blown away. Mm-hmm. So, um, that would be a fun one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Are
0: you in the Michelle Yeoh camp?
1: I am, yeah. I I both expect her to win and hope she wins. I think she'd be terrific at you know, I think she she is terrific in that movie Mm. and is just such a cool person. Yeah.
0: What did you think of everywhere or everything everywhere all at once, uh, in general?
1: I I appreciate it Mm. and I am glad it exists. Yeah. And it didn't totally land with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I, there was a lot that I really liked about Mm. it and and I parts that, that I was really moved by and um, I, I found the performances incredible and charming across the board mm-hmm. um, but I just couldn't like between the sort of metaphysics of the way in which this multiverse is imagined and this the navigation of it was imagined and the sense of humor I just couldn't quite It I never quite clicked with it as yeah. well as I know many other people have
0: I feel the same way. Yeah. I have to say. Uh, it's, it's another thing where the sense of humor just didn't quite, didn't quite, uh, uh, hit me. You know, uh, I mean, I know everybody loves the hot dog fingers, but. (laughs) I didn't love it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I
1: loved the segment. I loved the the story arc in which the hot dog fingers yes. were involved. Yeah, okay, that's this, a good. The, that's a
0: good uh, the, note. Like yeah. <laughs>
1: this alternate universe in which Michelle Yeoh's character uh, falls in love with Jamie Lee Curtis's yes. character, and it's a very beautiful, like tender little love story that they sort of show in fragments, uh, mm-hmm. cut through the movie. Um, but that just happens to be the universe in which every human has hot dog fingers, and so that's, you know, there's a lot of physical comedy around the hot dog fingers, and it's well done. I, I, you know, totally well imagined and executed what it would be like to, if everything was the same except humans had hot dogs for fingers. Mm. I just didn't find it all that
0: funny, just
1: personally, (laughs) and uh, so maybe that's a me problem, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Uh,
0: Maybe we are the problem yeah. it's us
1: it's totally possible yeah
0: <laughs> but i do i am comfortable with it getting the the acting uh accolades that definitely it's getting. definitely
1: uh, i think michelle Yeoh is incredible mm-hmm. um i think uh Quan kwan is also I just know. breaks your heart and and he's so funny and uh just really smart about yeah. juggling the different facets of that role yeah uh but I, I, uh, so I'm fully in support of both of their campaigns. Totally, totally. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, this may bring us to the best supporting actress race, which oh boy. I'll say for me was the hardest category on the ballot to fill out.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I kind of agree. I was, I, I really don't have any idea, uh, if my guess was. Yeah, In the right direction. Yeah. Or not.
0: I don't know. Who'd you go with?
1: I went with Angela Bassett. I should have um, done. That. Partly just because she's, you know, she's on the basis of the odds, you know, and because <laughs> my ballot is more about who I predict will win than who I, you know,
0: yeah, have, of a, course. have
1: a, have the, I'm rooting for the most, but I also love Angela Bassett and oh, yeah. would just, I know she, uh, uh, I actually haven't seen Wakanda Forever yet, which is one of the more grievous uh, oversights of my pre-Oscar viewing. But uh, I thought she's, you know, imagining it to be a continuation of her role in Black Panther, mm-hmm. and just knowing her work generally, I just I I love her, and yeah, would would love it if she won. But then they're all great. I mean, all of the all of the um, the the nominees are. I thought Hong Chow was. One of the only parts of the whale that I really like, yeah, her and Brendan Fraser, <laughs> yeah. basically, yeah. Um, I loved Carrie Condon and Banshee's vision. I was just gonna
0: say, I saw, uh, but uh, when I was looking at the Gold Derby predictions, she was at the top of a couple of uh, like really? way more of those than I expected. I mean, still numerically below the the two we already uh, mentioned, but yeah. uh, I was surprised to see. You know, there's a banshee's hive out there who who, who will I mean, rise.
1: Yeah, I, I I really loved that movie, and I thought that she she's kind of the soul of the movie in, mm-hmm. in some ways. And I mean, she's
0: so good. in yeah. yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Are you a, a Martin McDonough head in general?
1: Um, I'm mixed. Yeah. I I love in Bruges. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not didn't i wasn't particularly into three billboards no me neither um, that was
0: that was a bit of a, a break for me yeah I, think.
1: yeah I i just i thought it was kind of disappointing yeah um but i do um i i i find his theater really interesting there Oh, interesting. a there a few years back there was a production of um the Beauty Queen of Linane, one of his plays at BAM, wow. and it just blew my mind. It was—it's so angry and Ugh. sort of ugly, and but in in the best, you know, most interesting way. That sounds cool. Um. Yeah. 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 And And uh, so that has made me, you know, want to give him the benefit of the doubt, even after three billboards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad I did because I really love the new one.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool that he that they are like putting those on. I, I'm so I'm interested in people who who go back and forth between between theater and, and film. I mean, I feel like it used to happen all the time. I mean, Mike Nichols is maybe the biggest example. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you think of him? You uh, like him?
1: He's, he's <laughs> the greatest. Yeah. I just, this last year I saw Carnal Knowledge for the first time. Did you see a film for him? Yeah. I saw that too. Oh my God. Wow. What a movie. Really good. I had the best time seeing that. Yeah. Yeah um not not you know not an
0: uplifting movie well no
1: maybe not the best time but it was uh it was a great watch
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely we should say for people this is a movie this in 1971 i think this comes out Jack Nicholson and Art Garfunkel are like college buddies And it it, it it like you follow them through like decades of their life and their various relationships uh, and it's just devastating. I oh mean, it's God. like the ending. I think is so amazing where she gives uh, uh, that speech to Jack Nicholson.
1: It's incredible. It's 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 got uh, it. It, it, it shows you know it shows these men at different stages of their life and as they encounter different women and have different um, sort of ways of approaching relationships with women and Mm -hmm. it's just completely cutting and and kind of brutal and um the women are fantastic Candace Bergen young yeah. Candace Bergen and Margaret, <laughs> Margaret oh. oh my god <laughs> I'm I'm just naming actors I know but it's just you just got to see this movie and just I didn't know I managed to uh, avoid knowing much about the plot yeah. uh, before seeing it which I'm glad I did
0: Yeah 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 I you know before before you you uh, uh, arrived today I was looking at my uh, my little list of movies seen in the theater last year and I think the 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 scales tipped toward more rep showings uh, than new showings for the first time.
1: Yeah, uh, last year. I wonder how I wonder how much of that is a um maybe like a pandemic appreciation for mm. I, I I mean working in rep cinema I sort of have felt that there's a new like consciousness for yeah. seeing what it means to see an older film in a theater and, and why that is something that is worthwhile and totally. that people you know that there's a there's a an industry in place for
0: absolutely uh, there have been a couple of stories in like big outlets too about film projectionists in the past year there yes. was a big times one there was a vulture one it was just like a day in the life thing which is i think very cool
1: yeah, I uh there I the one in the New York Times was great. It featured some some film at Lincoln Center projectionists, mm-hmm. so we were very proud. Um shout out to those guys because they're the best. Uh um but I yeah, I think it's just the the you know, I, I I because we're all so acutely aware of what it feels like to not be able to go to a theater and yeah. to have to see everything the same way and to yes. sort of collapse the cinematic experience just to being watching at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I think it's, it's, uh, there's just, you know, we're lucky to be in New York because it's a city yeah. where there is the, there are the resources, there's the infrastructure to, to, for rep stuff to get back up and running again. And totally.
0: So yeah. do you, do you, from, from your, uh, um, from your work at Lincoln Center, do you feel like you have a, an insight into the way other cities, like into the film scenes elsewhere, you know, like just because I, I, I think of that as such a, like a national rec- nationally recognized. Institution,
1: I I can't claim to uh, to have a very um, detailed knowledge mm-hmm. of of art house culture yeah, yeah. in smaller cities around the country. I mean, I I, I know that we're kind of uh, we're we're just very um, we have an overabundance here, and it's yeah. which which is a huge part of why I wanted to come to New York in the first place. You know, totally. cause it's a it's a cinema city, but it's especially a rep cinema city. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know of, um, theaters around the country that are, you know, thriving. I'm on various, you know, professional listservs with, um, with, with, uh, people who work in art house cinemas around the country. And, and it's always interesting to sort of hear what challenges people are dealing with and successes and surprises. And, um, I, so I do get the sense that, um, there is some of this renewed appreciation in rap all yeah. over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even in, in areas where rap is not so prominent.
0: Totally. And it's so interesting, too, because the, the last time you were on with the old show on Young Persons Radio, one of the things we talked about was the then-new decision by the then-Warner Media folks to put all of their new releases on HBO Max, which, had, which I just got off the ground. That's right. Uh, and now, I mean... It's 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 complicated because the big theater chains are not doing so well, Uh, you know, like Regal's closing all these locations. And I I skimmed an article about AMC going through similar uh, uh, financial struggles, Uh, but it does not seem like that impact has hit the rep circuit in the same way.
1: I I think that's I think that's right. That's yeah. certainly um, sort of accords with my own sense of things. Yeah. Um, I I don't know exactly how to account for it, except for that maybe um, the kinds of films that keep multiplexes going are mm-hmm. uh, their popularity is evolving, and I think you know maybe. We might be at the very beginning of a waning of superhero mania. I'm not sure. I, I, you know, different people say different things. Yeah,
0: it's hard to predict because everybody wants it so bad. Uh,
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think there's certainly superhero fatigue uh, (laughs) among among uh, you know critics and people in the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I feel like we also are, uh, you know just if that is the case then hopefully that means that those all those resources will gradually be distributed in other ways in the industry and that maybe um, something new will come and fill that void and maybe Mm. even get people back into multiplexes Um, I know that you know movie passes back and that's huge and uh, I I myself have not uh, re uh, enrolled yet but
0: no no it hasn't come to New York yet right it's only in like kansas city and is that like right a couple of, it's like a couple of midwest cities i think they're piloting it
1: in. okay i haven't i haven't even followed that closely yeah, i've yeah. sort of just figured when it was when it was time to to get movie pass i would know and yeah i'm waiting for that
0: moment. well i mean even though movie pass itself uh died an untimely death um it's it was in the wake of that that regal and amc both kind of had their own little mini movie pass uh plans you know like you get the regal pass or I, I, amc stubs i think is, yeah. the, is the amc one which like i know plenty of people who use those you know
1: yeah and they swear i mean i, I have friends who do the amc one and swear by it and oh, it yeah. does it seems like a great deal if you you know have you know reason to go to amcs i'm yeah. you know fortunate to to uh uh work you know if my, my is a critic and I work in the industry and, and we, uh, many of the movies that we would see at an AMC, we either have an opportunity to see, uh, through one work Mm -hmm. outlet or another, or, uh, we don't, you know, we're, we're busy seeing other stuff that they're not showing at AMC. And so it's, (laughs) it's, it's kind of a, I don't know if it would be economically practical just based on the, our frequency of patronizing, but, uh, I, I think it's, if If the system can find a way to sort of standardize the subscription model in a way that keeps theaters open and also makes you know things a little less
0: hmm.
1: expensive for the I customer, do. then that's a win-win for everybody. but I who know. knows if that's even
0: possible? I don't know it is it's It's hard to know. But. I don't know. I'm
1: talking like i like like the uh, multiplex business is something I know anything about. <laughs> it's not
0: well it's interesting too because i feel like particularly here there is a real and i mean this is this is true of the entire city i think in a lot of ways but there's a real emphasis on like the luxury theater you know like the 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 reclining seats and you know premium experience absolutely the
1: the um seat service with alcohol and Mm -hmm. meals and um which is often i mean i know many uh cinephiles uh and and film people in new york who hate that uh, yeah. i i personally think that it is a perfectly pleasant way to watch a movie sometimes <laughs> you want to have a cocktail with a movie sometimes you the movie's right at dinner time and you'd yeah. rather just eat there uh so i i'm not against that practice in general there are movies that i wouldn't want to watch that way sure uh mm. but uh just in general i think that you know if we're if we're trying to diversify the cinema experience that's fine yeah yeah if yeah there's a you know if there's a hunger for it
0: I feel the exact same way. If you pick the right movie, it could be so much fun. But there is so much antipathy coming from the other way. I a, a friend of mine was a was a a server at Nighthawk, that the Williamsburg one, for years, and she said, she went to she went. I'll just say where it was at Topos Books at Ridgewood, and uh, she was like chatting with the cashier, and he was like asking her what he what she did, and she was like, "Oh, I'm a server at Nighthawk," and he was like, oh, I hate Nighthawk. You guys never leave us alone in there." <laughs> I was like, it's oh so my rude, God. <laughs> truly the bro- <laughs> like." Insane. I can't imagine saying that to someone who is a stranger <laughs> to <there>. you. <laughs> like, yeah, who works there, who you don't know at all. Oh, bizarre!
1: I, 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 I like Night Hawk. Me too. We, uh, <laughs> we, we, our, our Nighthawk Prospect Park is our neighborhood uh, yeah. theater. So it's yeah, we
0: yeah. We go there a lot. Yeah, I saw uh, Dune there. Nice. I had a great time. I,
1: nice. I uh what did I see there last? Well, I saw Elvis there. Oh, That nice. was where yeah, I went yeah, to yeah, see yeah. uh month. You know, months ago now. But.
0: Yeah. I think uh, I might have saw Top Gun there as well. Nice. I don't think of it. Nice. Yeah. Very fun theater. Great theater. I have no complaints great at all. Theater. Absolutely. Fun to hang not. out at the bar afterwards. Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs>
1: You know, there's a place. For, I, th- I like to think there's room for everyone. Mm-hmm. To, Absolutely, to every every different kind of theatrical.
0: Yeah, I am going to ask you about a couple other uh, 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 rep spots in the city that have been new to me recently. Oh, cool! Uh, and one of these, I'm I'm embarrassed to say, I went to for the first time a, a, a mere months ago, and that is the Anthology Film Archive. Oh, the best! So I was I was like ashamed when I walked in. I was like, this place is so cool. <laughs> I've been snoozing on it for. 10 years living here
1: it is one of the <laughs> coolest places in new york yeah. in my book i don't go there as often as i should to mm-hmm. be to be honest yeah I, of course. It, you know if if i uh, and i guess if i lived a little closer i'm, I'm not sure what the what the hurdle is but um, i i it deserves to be frequented as much as possible absolutely um yeah. it i i actually the last film i saw in a theater before the pandemic was uh wr mysteries of the organism at anthology film market. no way yeah and it oh, was wow. a terrific screening very full uh, and uh, you know my last time seeing a film in a cinema yeah. for a couple of years and so it was uh, very special
0: that's so cool yeah uh, we saw uh, Chelsea Girls there last year
1: oh nice <laughs> the, nice
0: the three and a half hour Andy Warhol yes. uh, movie and um, I it, it was divisive I would say but I I had a great time <laughs>
1: That's perfect. That's perfect. You know, I, I, it's just a great place to see a movie and their programming is, is magnificent. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're lucky to have them. Definitely.
0: Definitely. Um, another one, this is one that I don't, uh, I, I feel like I forget about this place. I don't know why. And it's the quad cinema. Um, I don't know why, but I, I, it just like never occurs to me to like, look it up. But anytime I go, I'm like, Oh, this place is great.
1: I, I have not spent that much time at the quad. Yeah. I, I'll admit. Partly I, I, um, I have missed several series that they've done. They, Mm. uh, they did, were heavier on the rep in years past. They've, they are more focused on first runs now. Um, but I remember, um, I remember there was one summer in particular where they had a bunch of great shows and I Mm. missed them all and I was (laughs) so mad at myself. Yeah. But, um, it's a, it's I, I I yeah I am I'm, I'm very pro quad just yeah, in general yeah. I'm I'm a fan I just don't like really don't frequent that enough I don't know if I don't frequent any of these places as much as I should in part because there's so many and there are so they, many they yeah.
0: all call out I know I know it does it you you, you kind of like. Sometimes I will admit to feeling like I do kind of wish there were like one or two cool <laughs> <laughs> places that I could just go to all the time and really feel like a part of like the scene around it. You know, like I feel this way about the Roxy Cinema, for example. It's just like every time I'm there, I'm just like, boy, this place has like a these are regulars who yeah, are here. But yeah. I am just, you know, I'm just I've never over there.
1: <laughs> I know I the Roxy is great. I uh, am feel I always feel not cool enough to be there i have I to say it's just the, the there is a crowd there and they're uh just you know that which is like also deserved because yeah. they their programming is really eclectic and interesting and unexpected and um mm-hmm. you know it's it's i think it's fantastic that it sort of blossomed the way it has yeah. but uh, unfortunately I'm, I'm very intimidated by the the cool level of <laughs> absolutely of the clientele
0: i know I, uh, um, one of the last times I was there was Paul Schrader was doing a QA nice. and, uh, um, he screened, uh, Light Sleeper, which I had never seen. I did like a little talk afterwards. I've never seen so many, uh, single dudes <laughs> ask a question. <laughs>
1: that's, that's beautiful. That's, like, this is his audience. That's like, a it's beautiful great. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And
0: but he's awesome. I'm pro pro Paul Schrader. Oh, he's the best. Do you just really quickly? Do you follow the Twitter account that just tweets out his Facebook statuses?
1: I don't. I don't, actually don't think I technically follow it, but I but do. But you see him. I, I yeah, follow yeah. it in a you know in a more broad sense. I yeah. uh, I, I love the updates. I I uh, am, am He's just he's a master poster.
0: Mm-hmm. He, he made really a, he made
1: the film Master Garner, but it was actually about him, the master poster. <laughs> is my uh, yeah is, is he that my, out yet no it's coming out uh this spring right right uh, it's terrific i was uh, gonna say
0: it, it was at the at the film society's uh festival yes right? new yeah. york film festival last yeah. fall mm-hmm.
1: um and he was he came for it and he was great and um it's uh I, i'm excited for this film to come out yeah
0: uh, i'm excited to see it paul, i'll see him all of them paul, paul has done all. it again yeah <laughs> that's great that's exciting uh couple more Oscar uh, uh, movies to ask you about. Cool. Uh, can't believe we haven't gotten to this one yet. Tar.
1: Tar. Tar. Lydia Tar. Lydia Tar. <laughs> what do you want to know?
0: <laughs> well, I'll say a couple things. First of all, uh, I like this movie quite a bit. I feel like it was, it, it obviously did not do very well as a box office, uh, but was embraced heartily by the internet meme uh, generating contingent of society. That's right. Uh which I feel like gave it this kind of afterlife that was surprising. Um in recent months I feel like its reputation has plummeted as people have reckoned with the maybe not so vaguely racist ending of the movie while still recognizing Kate Blanchett's performance. Yeah. So I guess my question to you is, are your feelings as complicated as everyone else's?
1: (laughs) I, You know, I I feel a little bit sheepish uh, uh, about this one because um, I saw the film for work. It was in Mm -hmm. the New York Film Festival. And uh, in the fall uh, around the festival, I saw it. Uh, I was very much... uh, at the time, was was pretty turned off by it. Mm. I was just like, I just, I thought her performance was very impressive, but yeah. not. It, it just left me cold, kind of. Um, I then, but then, you know, I, I thought it absolutely was a, a perfect film for the New York Film Festival, just yeah. because it's uh, fascinating and it's doing all kinds of interesting things, mm-hmm. and it's a very uh, uh, cerebral film in a way that I think it, is, is often successful, but I just was kind of, uh, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't, I, I couldn't click with it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, so I sort of dismissed it a little bit and mm-hmm. didn't see it again after that. But then once it was, you know, more in circulation and pe- more people had seen it and were talking about it, I, you know, read various reviews about it, pro and con, and I have really enjoyed hearing people's readings of it and hearing, you know, conflicting interpretations and, you know, uh, thinking about, like, just, just you know, thinking about her performance and its strengths, but mm-hmm. maybe its weaknesses. And I really do feel that I should rewatch it. Yeah. I'm, I, I wish I had had a chance to rewatch it before the Oscars, yeah. um, because yeah. I just wonder... If seeing it a second time, I and having, you know, sort of thought more about what it's doing and right. then s- experiencing it again, maybe I will have evolved yeah. on it. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. I, I was happy to see it in the best director race uh although i i have a i have a feeling it's going to go away empty-handed that's that's my prediction
1: uh yeah i i sort of have that suspicion as well yeah uh i mean it it could surprise i I think director is maybe where it has the best shot because it's a really gorgeously directed film Mm. i mean it's really fascinating the choices he makes yeah um and uh he just seems like a cool guy so
0: yeah i mean he does seem really cool yeah (laughs) todd field yeah really really interesting Dude, yeah. Um, another one for you. Yeah, the Fablemans
1: loved it. Yeah, loved it very much. <laughs> I uh, I don't know how much it's gonna win tonight. I th- I think I think Stevie may get director. I know. Uh, I think he could get it. I think he might get director. Mm-hmm. Uh, I but I really I really loved it, and I'm not I I appreciate Spielberg sure, and sure. am you know ha- have often had a great time with his movies, but most of his movies I don't love on a really deep gut level. Yeah, yeah. But this one this one packed a pretty heavy punch. And, yeah, uh,
0: I know what you mean about about. The deep level thing. Yeah, uh, I feel like like the the spectacle that he is like no that nobody is better than him at that thing is yeah. like amazing and it's like so memorable, but it doesn't like move me all the time.
1: Yeah, I I mean I I it's tricky because on the one hand he's such a master and like mm-hmm. he's he's made films that are very moving and he's made films you know i i love jaws just as oh, sort yeah. of a perfect machine oh, i think it's a, it's, it's amazing I think it's the perfect entertainment yeah. object um and uh but i just yeah I, I guess i just don't uh i i just i relate to his fil- his films usually on kind of a fantasy level like mm-hmm. as kind of with sort of this remove and somehow fablemans was the first one i think probably because it is the first film where he's really made himself vulnerable yeah and shown shown a side of himself that he you know risks alienating people with totally
0: totally yeah I mean, there were things about it that I would say I didn't connect to uh, uh, just like as as a viewer, but it was interesting to see him like finally uh uh like make the like personal movie that like his contemporaries were making in like the 70s when he was coming up that he always kind of resisted yeah. you know like this is like this is his mean streets yeah. in a lot of ways
1: yeah it really, it's, it's, uh, and that's, I think, what's so moving about it is because we do, we all do know Spielberg now. You know, we know he's, he's making this after we've all gotten to know him, a, a certain side of him yeah. through his films. And now he's finally bearing his soul when mm-hmm. another filmmaker might decide to do that either, you know, around, on hitting middle age or even as a way of kind of breaking into the scene. You yeah. Know, and he, he saved it for, uh, Later in the game, yeah.
0: Well, it's so interesting too—the way he talks about it. Like, I had to wait till my parents were dead yeah. <laughs> to tell, like, to make this movie. I mean, like, there is cl- the, clearly this is still like very raw for him. This this whole arena, yeah, you know? yeah. But and you could see it—you can see it in the movie
1: completely. And even the even the movie has Spielberg touches. You know, it's still in spite of everything, a Spielberg film. And so there is a kind of sheen on things. For sure. But even with that quality, it's just very raw. There's a lot of of real kind of raw, real authentic feeling in this movie that Uh um, is sort of uh, just, I don't know, feels like it came from a really personal place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which it, which it surely did.
0: Um, I want to ask you about a movie that did not—I don't think—got nominated at all, uh, which I was surprised by because it got a lot of attention upon release. And that's *Decision to Leave*. Ah, yes. I was surprised by the lack of attention, personally.
1: I was. I was. I was too. I was sorry that it didn't get more. Uh, I mean, it, it was you know recognized in in some contexts, but mm-hmm. didn't didn't. Make the, the international feature cut yeah. you know, for the Oscars. And I was i I'm disappointed. I think it's a fantastic movie. I really
0: liked it. I think it's yeah. just
1: it's it's gorgeous and gnarled and yeah. just kind of uh really, really sharp.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think I saw that in Tar in the same like week last year. Oh, man. And I was like, movies are back, baby. Yeah. Like we're, we're in
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I mean it was that I, I think uh I I honestly don't know. The only explanation I can come up with for why it didn't uh land mm-hmm. with awards bodies is just that it's maybe too smart. I think it's <laughs> I think it's I think it's that's a, awesome. It's, it's a movie that's, you know, that's that's complicated but in subtle in a subtle register. Mm-hmm. So it's almost deceptively uh Sort of understated when yeah. really there's so much going on. That's uh, I should probably see it again to be honest because I don't think one viewing is enough. I know I, I feel the uh, same way.
0: I, I mean I was confused but it, it, the the like jump in time that happens about two thirds of the way through maybe three quarters. I, I was there was a little bit of like wait where are we for me but it like didn't matter it was yeah. so, like I was so under its spell by that point that it did not it didn't take me out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah.
1: it just got a very good command of its own rhythms I think mm-hmm. and like keeps I don't know just just sort of maintains that sure-handedness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Ugh. Great movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um we have to go in a, a few minutes. Uh but I think I've got some time for uh, some just ra- some random unconnected questions. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you if you had a chance to see Orson Welles' The Trial last year.
1: I am sorry to say that I have not seen that.
0: That's film. okay. We can skip that one. We can I'm em- skip I'm that embarrassed
1: <laughs> to say. I know I know that uh, it's a it's a blind spot. We
0: we've been we've been talking about Orson Welles on the show lately, and, oh. uh, I think I might. Love him. I think I might be I mean, in love with him.
1: I, you, you and me both. <laughs> he's he's the greatest there is. He's so good. Oh yeah. my god! What did, uh, what's been the? Uh, I'm asking you questions now. Yeah, what, yeah. What has? Made him an object of interest.
0: I, I finally saw F for Fake ah. last year. Uh, and I was like, this is everything and more, nice. you know. Uh, nice. So it was, I watched that. And then I read that book, My Lunches with Orson. Uh, oh, do you know yeah. this book?
1: I've heard of it. I haven't uh, read it.
0: Flew through, it's, it's literally just like lightly edited transcripts of him having lunch with Henry Jaglom in wow. like the 70s and 80s. Wow. And it is like, you just get the full, the full Orson, you know, the like, he's so funny he's so, he's so smart. He like, there's no subject where he's like, I'm not sure, you know? <laughs> like, like. He's, I
1: mean, I just think he's a king. Yeah. I think uh, I, I, back when um, other side of the wind came out, oh, there was yeah. a picture that I had, I found going around. I think it, somebody had put it on social media and it was him wearing this big robe that was kind of like, looked like it was draped over him like a snuggie uh-huh. and he just looked so kingly and so <laughs> just like not giving a fuck. And I, uh, I had that as my like, profile picture
0: for a while oh that's awesome he's, yeah he's the best he's, he's so good he's the best. just the idea too that uh that he could, could just like swoop into hollywood and make the perfect movie and yep. then swoop out Yep, it's so cool i know
1: he made citizen kane when he was in his mid-20s <laughs> yeah crazy i mean what?
0: god orson may he live forever Ugh, the great <laughs> i know um one fine. well i guess we'll see how many of these we get through some some rapid fire questions maybe maybe the uh the three minute rapid fire question round cool. or the shortest one we've ever done cool. okay do you have a favorite fellini
1: great question hmm, probably la dolce vita but i have Same. a really yeah <laughs> I have a soft spot for the White chic because oh, I've never seen the White chic. Uh, I went and saw it on a very early date with my fiance at uh-huh. Film Forum, and uh, it was a great early date movie. Oh, amazing! Uh, and then one of the lesser, lesser heralded Fellinis.
0: Uh huh. But Gra- I'll put that on my list. Yeah. That that's great.
1: But La Dolce Vita is my favorite.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I just saw it a, a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week, at Film Forum, and oh. amazing, incredible. Oh. So much more to say about that. Uh, <laughs> Pauline Kale. We've never talked about her. You have thoughts on her? Do you like her? What do you like about her? I, do you like Pauline Kale?
1: <laughs> I think she's cool. I I don't know that I uh agree with all of her critical mm-hmm. stances. Yeah. Um, but I think I still just her 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 persona, I guess, I find incredibly inspiring.
0: Totally, it's like even I I, personally, for me, I feel like even if you're not agreeing with what she's saying, it like doesn't matter, yeah. Because the 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 essays are so like like they they're so compelling. Well, her
1: voice is just uh, there's 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 no one who writes like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and the fact that you know she she is still read to this day. How many film critics from that era do people still, you know, do, do, do just sort of everyday cinephiles still yeah. go back to?
0: Absolutely. It's a
1: really cool legacy.
0: Yeah. Final question. It's an Oscars question before we close out here. What do you think is the, is the surest bet for a win tonight?
1: Let me take a look at my ballot. I think, Hmm. The surest bet. Sorry, I'll be quick.
0: No, please. No problem. I'll just Is it Bill Nye for a living? <laughs>
1: <laughs> God, I would love to see him give an Oscar speech. I would too. Oh, my God.
0: I, I kind of like that movie, to be honest with you. It was kind of boring, but I, I also kind of liked it. That's
1: one I still haven't seen. Okay, I, yeah. I, to say. I love Kazuo Ishiguro, but yeah. uh, I uh, just missed it. Yeah, I, there, that's okay. I missed some of them this year. I would have to say, well, if I'm wrong about this, I'll be embarrassed, but it seems impossible to me that Le Poupil won't win live action short. Oh, okay. Uh, which is a phenomenal short film. I believe it's on Disney Plus. Okay. I, I uh, cause Disney was involved in financing producing it. Uh-huh. Um, I saw it at TIFF last fall yeah. and it's uh, by Alicia rocker and it's just, Wonderful and Amazing. I, I think that uh 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 it's the one to beat. In my wow!
0: Opinion, oh man, I'm sitting here being like, I don't think I put that on my ballot. I think is uh, it is it competing against an Irish goodbye? Yes. Yeah, I think I put that one. I Crap. mean, I I haven't God seen an Irish it. goodbye. Maybe maybe
1: that one's better. I haven't seen. <laughs> I mean, I
0: don't so know. So I shouldn't
1: be so confident. <laughs> no, gonna, no, you're
0: right. I'm sure you're film. right.
1: Just wanted to shout that one out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Maddie Whittle. It has been such a joy to have you back. It has been a delight to be back. So glad. Please do this every year. This I, is so fun.
1: I look forward to it. It's Perfect. a cherished tradition.
0: Great. Great. Glad we're on the same page. Yes. Uh, so people should see uh, as many of the Todd Browning movies as possible, right?
1: Yeah. I'll be there for some of them at least uh, and and uh, introing some of the live accompaniment screenings. So oh, nice. say, say hi if, uh, if nice. you see me. Any,
0: any upcoming uh, Q&As we can uh, uh, catch you moderating? Yeah. Uh, Uh, Anytime soon.
1: Yes, actually, uh, in a few weeks, right after the Todd Browning retrospective uh, is the upcoming edition of New Directors, New Films, which Mm -hmm. uh, Film at Lincoln Center puts on with MoMA every year. And I, this year, uh, I have again been, uh, one of the programmers of the short film section of that festival. And so I will be doing Q and A's around those screenings, uh, in a few weeks. Amazing. So great short films. I'm, you know, talking all about short films oh, now. And
0: I guess people should just follow you on Twitter for reminders of these, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah, Sure. Yeah. I, I
1: usually post about Q and A's on Twitter. So that's, that's a good
0: way to. Perfect. Uh, Great. Well, thank you again for coming by. This is such a blast. Thank you so much for having me. And folks, stick around. Uh, Radio Free Brooklyn has all kinds of stuff left in store for your Sunday afternoon, evening. Uh, So keep that dial tuned. Keep that Radio Free Brooklyn app open on your mobile device. Uh, This has been Clear the Dance Floor with me, Colby Smith. Stay tuned. See you next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye.